0: Welcome to another episode of Between Two Servers. Between Two Servers is a podcast that doesn't actually take place between two servers, but it talks about everything that exists between two servers. In this episode of Between Two Servers, Converge director Sonia Kudo is joined by Roxford Clayton, Converge's development manager. Together, these two will discuss the role of quality assurance in a software project. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, We're back. <laughs> uh, my name is Sonia, I'm Managing Director at Converge and today we are here with Roxroy, our Development Manager and we are going to be talking everything to do with quality assurance on a software development project. Welcome Roxroy. Welcome. We go on again.
1: <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> so Roxroy, why don't you start by telling us, you know, what is the QA role? In a software development
1: process? OK. OK. So the QA rule is, is very critical in developing uh, in good software, uh, especially if you want to create um, high quality functioning software that all our customers really are asking us to de- develop for them, uh, whether it's a desktop application, web mobile application, or a web application. So the QA rule really uh, comes down to testing, evaluating the, this, the software. Uh, whether it's a new software, sometimes QA actually with are testing uh, existing software just to make sure that uh, the, the system works as it should work, or in order to spot issues that are somewhat intermittent, uh, and they help to be able to identify bugs, glitches, or look at the user experience to determine you know what can be changed in order to provide you know a bug-free software.
0: Um, OK, great. So that's sort of like the role. Um, can you walk us through a little bit of the process that a, a QA person would have to go through on a project? OK,
1: so the QA role starts um, just um, after the requirements are done. You, the QA role is going to need some documentation, some, something to tell them, you know, what is it they're testing? What is it they're evaluating? So they have some documentation that's done before um it and converge, who does that
0: documentation the qa person or the business analyst
1: the BA, the, 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 yeah the business analyst so at converge okay. we do all our documentation in uh, agile manner so they won't get the full documentation but they'll get uh enough documentation that will be able to give them an idea of um what is it they're testing what is it the client is looking for and they'll be able to now think about test scenarios what they're that they're looking for to to test so given us a feature within the system, they're looking to see um, what should the system, what should the feature be doing, uh, how it should work, and be able to create tests around finding defects that may crop in during development. Okay,
0: so can you talk to us a little bit more about like the, the whole um, uh, testing of a- against like test cases i know that's something that we do a lot can you tell us a little bit more about what are test cases and how we uses them for testing purposes
1: mm-hmm. okay so so given a requirement grammar just indicate exactly what should be built and also tells how it should be built right uh, he is going to uh, look at that document and they'll be able to say you know based on my understanding based on what the client is looking for how do i create uh, uh a test case, which is basically um, uh, a script that says, this is what we're looking for and how it should work. Right. They, will, they, will, they will build that. And what that means is is that they now can take what is documented in words and be able to put it in a format where as a QA uh, analyst, you'll be able to uh, discuss that in more at a technical or analytical way, and be able to test to see is the act test, and test the accuracy of the software.
0: So you have test cases and you have use cases. What's the difference between the two?
1: Okay, so use case uh, tells it tells you exactly how the, the program should function, right? right? I want to be able to go to the website. I want to be able to put in my user ID and password. I want to be, be able to uh, log in the system and be able to do some functionality uh it tells about what features the system will be doing that's what it, the, the use case tells uh mm-hmm. use case also would have uh mock-ups uh that would also capture what the system will look like and gives that the client an, a, an idea of what the of how the flow would would be from a visual point of view so it's more okay. uh visual uh the mm-hmm. queue will take that document okay and then based on that now look at look and look at it to see you know how can i now uh create these uh steps to be able to test the system right uh the test would be you know you have to navigate the website you have to navigate to the field type information in the field uh move to the next field and type information there uh it also would involve the validation rules um is an email address the the decision to validate that it's a valid email address. If not, provide feedback to the, to, to the uh, client. And um, once information is captured correctly, then it moves to the next up person can hit uh login and it moves on to the next uh, page and forward. So it's more of a flowchart step-by-step way of looking at how a system should function and be able to trap um, any defects or validation that must happen while you're going through that journey.
0: Right. So one I know one scenario that we sort of get into a lot while when we deploy. And that is, um, you know, we've built a feature to work this way. And we assume that everyone's going to use it in the process that it's been built in. But one thing that we do find is that sometimes users sort of find shortcuts and different ways to use the system. How does QA test against all of those different scenarios of how someone can actually go in and use the system? And if they're using it in a way that we haven't sort of like, Thought out what are you know the challenges that they might find within the system.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so so any any uh, feature within the system, we have you know hundreds of different routes, different different ways of doing it, or combination. Right. right. Uh, the person may leave one field blank, may enter bad data in another field, and so forth. So the permutation of like six fields, could you know, or seven fields could be hundreds of various permutation. But one can distill that down to uh, to things that are allowed and won't break the system, and things that are allowed and you know and uh, will break the system. <laughs> right. So um, it's kind of difficult, really, to think about every possible use of a software. And one of the interesting things that that you find too is that uh, no matter how much you test the system. Person would be able to come up with a new way of using the system. Now, this is not that they found a bug, but it's just that people are very creative in how they can use system. But what QA really does, the value QA really brings to this is that in a situation where uh, the system creates an error, right, it it, it right. causes defects. That is where QA, um, you know, has the expertise to be able to spot those things, but not so much as to the application of the of the software, but more to you know the functionality and accuracy of the software. So okay. that's where they do negative testing and as well as uh, positive testing.
0: So my next question for you is, you know, I know, well, I know, obviously, Converge we build uh, custom software applications for you know enterprise clients, large organizations, Mm -hmm. startups, uh, existing organizations, we build Uh, software from scratch based on uh, the requirements that the clients have we will uh, take on an existing project and build on top of it or or fix or update the you know technology that's outdated on an existing project update that technology uh, and, and and you know build new things on top of it so that's like the custom software side and then there's the app side so applications that are actual apps that go in the uh, android store and the windows store and the um, uh, mac uh, Mac store and so you know when you're building custom software uh, I can see you know the QA process there what happens when you're building an app is it still the same thing do you still need QA like how important is that role
1: uh, it is very similar. Yeah, the, the real difference is just the platform and how you go about doing something. Um, but the process pretty, pretty much remains the same. Uh, one of the things though is that depending on the type of platform you're using, you may have to look at different versions of the uh, of the uh, infrastructure. So for an app, you know, if it's an Android app, you know, different types of Android devices. Uh, nowadays it's a little bit easier because it's it's more generic. Uh, but back in the day, you know, you'd have to test on every different hardware in order to be able to, to, to determine the actual the system because uh, phones were not somewhat standardized and there was no uh, mechanism to be able to um, automate or even to um, uh, create, let's say, um, a format that is universal across many, many devices. Uh, so they're pretty much, they're, they're very similar. Um, the the things that a lot of the tools that we have at our disposal are more geared towards uh web, web application um it is changing i, I understand that um but uh a lot of tools are geared towards website application and um one of the the positive things you know within really in recent times is that um in Explorer ie it was always one of those um web you know web browser that it's important you have to support it but then it was it has so many quirks and inconsistencies that people had to create work just for ie right It's right. Not anymore uh, but what that meant is that um the qa team would have to do a lot more work in terms of testing across all these various browsers and determine if it's compatible um, right. but in recent times a lot of browsers are kind of standardized into uh, Chrome infrastructure, the Chrome Chromium or Chrome browser. So um, even IE in it, the it Explorer, it's called Edge now, it's actually built on Chromium, right? And many other browsers are built on Chromium technology. So Google, although they came late to the game, they may have been the last company. Uh, they, you know, they actually are in charge of determining how the web browsers function and actually set the standards. So, so that's lot easier now. As well. so
0: before we had to test like on every single different every
1: platform, single yeah
0: like Safari and yeah know,
1: Safari, with,
0: Explorer with, and Chrome, Firefox,
1: yeah, Firefox Chrome. Yeah. And, all, yeah.
0: Yeah. and now you basically you're saying you because technology is so advanced, we don't have to necessarily test every single one because they're pretty standardized.
1: Exactly right. Just a handful you have to you have to test on it. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh do testing on all the ones, but just that the emphasis and your resources towards testing all the other browsers is actually less and is actually more e- efficient now.
0: So question for you, <laughs> what happens if you're working with an organization that hasn't updated their systems in a couple of years, which happens a lot, mm-hmm. and let's say all of their users are still using like Windows XP, mm-hmm. I think was it was called or you know, yeah. one of the older, you know, versions of, of Windows or or you know, how would we test against something like that?
1: Okay, so so if, if if there's a solution where we have already built the software and it's in that in that environment, what we'll do is that we'll create uh, virtual testing um, uh, scenarios or or, okay. or, or uh, environments. So the the environment actually load that version of Internet Explorer, say Internet Explorer ten nine, you know, it actually load that and you UI would be able to. Uh, virtually log into those system and test and we have to get the results so there are ways of doing that you need a little bit of hardware infrastructure to be able to do it but um it can be done and you know we have done that before including virtual machines vms
0: I know one of the, well, a couple of projects we've worked on have been very focused on software uh, integrated with hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, hardware meaning uh, we've done projects with with tablets, but we've also done uh, some projects that had uh, medical devices attached mm-hmm. to the software. So can you walk us through a little bit of that QA mm-hmm. process?
1: Yes. So so in, 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 in a project like that where we have hardware, there are kind of two... Facets to, to to test in, so one facet it will be able to uh, create um, software where, or testing bed where we're looking more at the functionality of the hardware, not so much how it's rendered with with on a browser or, or how it, how it it, it, it it's um, um, rendered to the user. And what the QA will be doing first is checking to see is the hardware and the software combination is it accurately performing as it should, right? So once you have confirmed the accuracy of of that part of it, then you can actually look to see, you know, how is it now uh, being rendered within browsers? Uh, But QA would be testing um, on on two fronts. One would be the physical hardware, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, they know that if you press this button, this is what should happen. But they'd also be looking on virtualized hardware meaning that or once something once something um, is activated, what should the system do? So they're looking at two fronts, both physical as well as the logical part of it, just to see that the functionality um, um, is actually there. And secondly, the, that the hardware and the software actually do communi- communicate and integrate with each other, so mm-hmm. that we can see that the functionality is or the test actually pass.
0: Okay. Um- I know one thing that we've also worked on in the past uh, before, you know, technology is always, always evolving and getting better. And so are, you know, development processes. And we've been in business for 27 years and we've changed our, our processes. I know that in the past we were very waterfall uh, mm-hmm. focused. And waterfall mm-hmm. means, you know, you know we, we provide a client a, a timeline, how, m- how long it's going to take to build that project. And then we sort of go away. We build the project, and then we only release that to QA once the entire uh, Mm -hmm. application has been built. And then now we've switched over to a more hybrid model that uh, consists of waterfall and agile. Yeah. And so we have more frequent releases being done. Can you just, um, you know, there there is a bit of a difference in development processes between Mm the two. Can you walk us through sort of what how different that is for QA and and how. What are the new processes that they've had to put in place to sort of um, follow the agile versus mm-hmm. waterfall? And I know this is a multi-question. What happens if you know a company is doing uh, both models? You know, may mm-hmm. like struggling to like having to develop uh, uh, test t- different ways. Like you know, walk us through that a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so in, in the waterfall model, what would happen is that you know Q will be given the system at the end of the development cycle so they say the system is just about yes yes excuse me
0: no i'm saying so a lot of development has been done at that point
1: we're pretty much maybe almost finished really (laughs) right right it was really towards the end so they've given the system say you know we're almost finished writing the system and um here is a system here uh, here's a login and here is a documentation which could be Hundreds of pages. Uh, at that time, Q is going to be going through sifting through the documentation, hundreds of pages, trying to figure out what's happening, as well as testing the system. So it, it, it's it's uh, it's quite stressful for them, you know, because you know within a time frame, you know, let's say three months, four months, they have to do all that work. Um, whilst this, the the client is waiting, the developers at that time um, are just waiting to hear that hear back if there, if there are any issues um so that's more the waterfall model uh in in agile model what happens is that the documentation is kind of done um in 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 parts um as we are um going through the system so what it means is that development can start a lot earlier in a cycle so rather now waiting three four months before anything starts they could start you know within month one you know or, or month two and they actually start developing a system and QA will start testing the system a lot earlier. Okay. So testing view is actually testing that feature, that model of the system, rather than have to go through, you know, you know, hundreds of, of documentation.
0: Right. Uh,
1: so in, in, this, in this situation, QA is now able to provide feedback to the developer a lot earlier in the cycle before they move on to another sprint. Right. And in right. many cases, systems actually con- are actually integrated, connected. So, what you do in sprint one could affect sprint three. If it's wrong with sprint one, it's abdominal effect. It, it goes down through the system. And with QA being involved early in the cycle, uh, it does uh, reduce development time as well as reduce defects.
0: Okay. So, once you're, you know, you go through your whole software development life cycle, your QA. Um, does that mean that when you deliver a project to a client, it's it's got zero bugs and there's no issues?
1: Well, it it's it, it just that it's a little less issues towards the end because what's going to happen here is that as develop, developer development creates a system is tested by QA, the clients also get a release. They'll test it as well. So we're getting feedback from the client, uh, QA. And it goes to the developer, so there is a there is a cycle that goes through you know um, you know d- develop, uh, QA, release the client feedback, and as a result, you actually get less issues going through the system through system. So right. the system. Right. in a system, there's actually less effects uh, defects, and at that time, one wouldn't expect to have any serious defects. So there may be sm- small, minor issues. You know you know like said layout issues um, minor issues but nothing that is critical or would cause any um stop within the uh client's operation it wouldn't right. block their process so it, it does um help it in that way uh, as well
0: so how critical is qa in the software development life cycle
1: you know one thing that that, that i may not have mentioned too is that um we talk about qa starting you know uh let's say after the first sprint is finished, but right. QA actually gets involved a little bit earlier. Meaning okay. that the BA business analyst creates a requirement saying that this is the system the client wants, this always it, it should work, and talks about the various functionality that is built in there. Now, although the BA is thorough, the the, uh, the BA tries to um, um, capture all scenarios, um, another pair of eyes though can help Right. review the document and from a QA point of view because you know the way they think about the system is not the same as the developer or the, the business analyst right there's a different right. perspective right. Right? right? and they are able to look at a document to say you know I think can you explain what this is about or can you explain more on this or this doesn't look right or or or, or whatnot right um, what that helps what that helps is that helps in um, having The business analysts review the document to provide clarification early in the cycle before the developers even get it and start developing. So it actually helps the developers because at that time things are a lot more clear. And um, it will mean that once they start developing the software, they are able to create something that is um that matches what the client is looking for.
0: Okay. So how critical is QA on a project?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's um, very important to be able to involve QA early in the cycle because they provide this level of sanity check throughout the system, throughout the whole life cycle, right? From the start of, this, of the cycle, you know, um, even negotiating or talking to the client through the re- business requirement, gathering um, requirements, as well as developers testing. Right. right. Um, you, you know, if the if the BA is 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 not around, um, the next best person to ask is QA.
0: Oh, right? okay. you
1: know because the the QA role is one where um, they should really understand the system end to end, right? Okay. Um, and and because they're thinking thinking of the system more from a uh, end user perspective. They are more in line with how the client would expect the system to operate and how the users should be using the system more so than anybody else, right? Okay. You know, they are acting as they're saying they put on hat, you know, I'm one of the users of the system. What do I do? How do I use the system? What issues do I come up with? And um, they're the ones that actually, you know, find that level of of, of sanity check for the entire system. So it's it's really important. Right, and it's always a a good investment to have um, to put a lot of work in getting requirements, having more than one eyes be able to uh, vet the requirement and to you know have discussions around it to see you know is this clear enough? Um, Is 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 this something that um, does it capture the way the client expected to 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 work and to be able to spot um, issues that may come up while it's being implemented and developed uh, for release?
0: Right. So one of the questions I get asked a lot when I'm putting together estimates for our clients is, you know, why is there so much time dedicated to QA? You know, like what is that? And then I get a lot of clients who who ask me, like, well, can we just skip that and I'll do the QA? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm always like, no, um, and I know why, but I'm going to ask you and I'm going <laughs> to answer it. So can you tell us, you know, why that's not wise? I know I know a lot of clients think that. Because they sort of have the idea, and they're going to help us with the requirements and gathering it. They can test it, but you know, I know there's a lot more that goes into testing that someone who who's not a professional in that field yeah. is not going to know. So, can mm-hmm. you can you just walk us through what are the risks when someone says to us, "I'm going to do the QA myself," and then we don't have a QA a, a real QA person on it?
1: Yeah, well, I, because of the to is, it I always say time is money, right? So, yeah. Uh, in a situation where you're saying that you would save yourself x amount of days uh, by not doing it. Then the flip side is that how much time are you going to lose when your clients or your customers are not able to use the system for days or weeks or months, right? Because of- is that what
0: you think will happen? If-
1: and that could happen. That could happen, yeah. right? Because um, if if you if you don't test the system, you won't know or won't have the confidence in, in exactly what would happen on the situation. So. In a case where it's a new system, there's not a lot of users, Um, you you know, the the, the, the client may say, you know, I'm starting a business, not a lot of users, therefore, I can test myself. But the thing is that as the system grows and add more features and functionality to the system, then you're not sure exactly how it will operate or how it will um, function in certain scenarios. And... You know, if you're not a trained tester, there are certain things that you will not be looking for. You know, you're just thinking that a person is going to uh lock the system and go about and you know, do do their operation. But uh people make mistakes, people hack the system, and in a situation like that, you want to make sure that if somebody's trying to uh create cause harm, it happens all the time, you know, what could possibly go wrong? right can they inject something into this, this system that could cause you to lose you know a lot of time and affect your system and q is the one who will be able to spot those um security uh, defects and be able to uh indicate the accuracy of the system to say that uh, the person is you know paying a credit card and they're getting a subscription for one one month right rather than they pay the subscription and the system thinks it's one year right right um, right right if you don't test those things then um it could go unnoticed. You know, the parents yeah. say, Oh, probably I'm just getting eleven months free because I'm a first customer.
0: <laughs> but it's actually
1: Yes, losing revenue. So uh,
0: you're so you brought up a good point, uh, so that I hadn't even thought about for a question, but um so QA you, basically, what I just heard you say is that QA plays a, a critical role in identifying security in the software as well. Can you tell us? Can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So, so there, there are quite a bit of different ways of um, um, compromising a system, right? Yeah. Uh, let's say you have a field on the on a, on a on a on a screen that allows you to um, accept a person's name, right? You could actually create um, uh, special scripts that would allow the system to take that, convert it to a, a, a command and do something in your database, You know, and allow persons to, to be able to access the computer without you actually knowing what is happening because it wasn't tested, right? right. Um, you're just thinking that a person is entering an email address or bad email address, but not a command within the same field that could now instruct a computer to do something else right right and uh if you're not a trained tester i mean it also comes back to development uh practices as well but um if if you're looking at at, you know how how would someone be able to test this and think about it if they don't have the expertise or knowledge or know how to say this is something i need to test the system on then you won't know
0: right so this is going to be my last question um what is the difference this is going to be a tricky one. <laughs> what do you think is the difference between offshore QA and, mm-hmm. and onshore QA? So when I say onshore, I mean like we're in Canada. So I can, yeah. uh, someone here uh, mm-hmm. doing QA versus, you know, offshoring, which could be Eastern Europe, India, all the different countries that allow offshoring. And I'm only asking the question because mm-hmm. I know there's a difference and yeah. I do Clients complain uh, about the differences. Can you just walk us through mm-hmm. what you think some of the challenges are between onshoring and offshoring QA? Mm-hmm.
1: So, so okay. So we talk about what QA should be you know, in terms of testing the accuracy of the uh, the application. Right. But it comes down to um, attention to detail, right? Okay. Um, are, is the QA team um, looking at um, do the do, are they are they Making extra effort to 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 look at every scenario. Um, also, do do they have that level of buying and care and concern about the client as well? Right. Right. Um, if if you do care and have concern about the client, and you have, and you do have and you have um, pay attention to detail, you would have high quality uh, um, quality assurance than if you don't, right? Um. But another thing too, you know, is also has to do with you know how engaged is QA in the rest of the process, right? How right. are they, in, you know, uh, not only QA but you know, talk to developers. Is exactly what the developers may implement something, uh, reading through and understanding what requirements really mean, be able to ask questions about it, and uh, be able to um, you know even participate, let's say, in standup meeting to say you know this is what I did uh yesterday is what i'm going to be today but also bring up um questions about what would cause a road a a blockage a roadblock what would actually prevent uh qa from uh, testing the system and once that's identified it it actually provides feedback to developers to say that although we had planned to do this this is something that is even more critical because it affects not only um the system but also qa is not able to move along so right. in that level of, co- of coordination, communication, uh, collaboration um, does help the QA to provide better value. Right.
0: But why, you know, we have found that with QA offshore, you don't get that same quality. What, what do you think happens there that doesn't allow them to, to you know, really the, uh, produce that quality? Mm-hmm um what are some of the reasons that you think um is not allowing them to to
1: it, it could be that level of disconnect between them and the client I mean, it, it, and and i mean this is just a general statement It doesn't mean that um you know all offshore all onshore qa work this way mm-hmm. you no know, it's a situation where you don't have that level of um engagement with the client you actually don't see the client as a real a uh, 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 person you know you know uh, right. then you may not have that drive to to want to you know create that level of of uh, of standard that you know you should be creating
0: right so they're sort of just testing against a document and they're not it's asking more robotic. <laughs> beyond to ask you know more questions and yes. think of different scenarios is what you're yeah. saying because they're sort of disengaged from it the dis- rest-
1: that's correct right yes, and it's more about being able to. You know r- run through the number of test cases test scenarios rather than be able to you know add value question and to um think about you know how does this feature affect all the features right you got to think about think of it from a, like a holistic point of view uh because testing itself is not one bottle it, everything's connected so what you do here what happens here does affect everything else and you have to be able to have that holistic view of entire system uh, rather than thinking about, you know, I have to test, I have to do, you know, 20 test cases today, I have to run, you know, 100 test scenarios uh, within a week, and therefore yeah. focus more on the numbers, but not the quality.
0: Right. I mean, we've been like, we've been doing this for so long, and we've sort of ran into like so many different case scenarios. But, you know, one thing that uh, when I'm I'm speaking to, to, to people, to clients, I'm always trying to um, help them understand, you know, there's a lot of now, nowadays with technology there's a lot of people out there building software um, and you know a lot of people are doing a great job and they're following workflows and, and processes. And we've sort of started this series to teach um, you know our clients and people who are looking to go through this process how to you know educate themselves on you know what is a proper process to software development, uh, from the very beginning to, to execution, and what are the things that you should be looking for. So we did a series on um, business analysis. Uh, we've done some uh, even on just managing a team. We're now doing QA, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into a lot of the other roles. And our goal here is just to educate and help people understand sort of what are some of the critical things that you should be thinking about when you're building software. And we wanted to talk about QA today because we do feel QA is one of the most critical Uh, roles. And I think um, Roxbury did a really good job walking us through what are the the things that, you know, a QA person uh, does and how it affects each project. And And if they were not on the project and doing all of those things, what would be, you know, some of the risks involved with deploying something that hasn't been thoroughly QA'd? So, Thank you, Roxroy. I appreciate having you on again. I'm sure we're going to have one, lots more of these on lots of different um, uh, topics on the whole process. And uh, thank you for watching. If anyone has any questions, you can reach out to myself or Roxroy on our social media platforms, our email, LinkedIn everything that's out there and you can also go to our website which is www.converge.com uh, check us out check out what we do projects that we've worked on and we look forward to next time thank you very much thank you bye Bye for now. thanks for listening to between two servers if you enjoyed our podcast today and you would like some more information about what we discussed you can find some helpful links in the description of the podcast you can find converge on instagram facebook and linkedin those links are also in the description. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode. We'll see you next time.